the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Spot Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Pack and the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Tonetti. We're brought to you by The Athletic, the subscription based sports news site, giving you all the in depth sports coverage for all real fans on all the teams and the league with some great expert analysis like national writers Ken Rosenthal, Michael Lombardi, Pierre Lebrun. More added each day, analytics gurus, and so much more. Check them out, The Athletic. We'll tell you about a special offer later on concerning Track and The Athletic. The news that is dominating the news, not just the sports news, is uh, the death of Kobe Bryant, um, his 13-year-old daughter, which just saying that's heartbreaking as, as a parent to a daughter, as Paul and Mike mm-hmm. also have daughters, um, uh, to hear that news. And, of course, the seven other seven others. other people um, that perished uh, in that helicopter crash in Los Angeles. Um, and we're going to talk about the legacy of Kobe Bryant um, and everything he meant to basketball. Let me just say this. Um, having I, I was in California when this occurred at the uh, Farmers Insurance Open, covering that for PGA Tour Radio on the golf course, when uh, a co-worker uh, who was covering uh, the group with me, he had Ryan Palmer in the final group, uh, Mark Sacchino uh, was the announcer from Golf Talk Canada, and... I had Rom and McElroy in that final group, and Mark, as he was moving ahead uh, to get uh, tee shots uh, in this group, uh, and he eventually went to Mark Leishman, and actually he was on his way to Mark Leishman, he says, hey, did you see the news? And I'm like, what news? He's like, Kobe, and we're like, it was a TMZ report. And I'm like, really? And so I was like, well, we'll wait for confirmation uh, on that, but then it, it, like after that broke, and just everybody's got their phone out on the golf course, and and you, you, you it's the, the, the mood just went poof. Yep. Flat instead of what normally found around is all this energy. There was not energy on the golf course from it uh, with that Kobe Bryant news. Are you normally checking your phone in the middle of the broadcast like that? <laughs> is that something that had you not been told about it, you would have found out or known about? Our producer would have let us know. Okay. Um, you, we have the phones on us. Sometimes we'll check some stats on pjtour.com. Um, I'll get golf alerts just uh, on the tournament itself. Um, but no, it's not, you know, and, and so he got an alert, uh, about it, a news alert that, that came across. And then our producer said, yeah, we're, we're trying to confirm it before we do anything on the broadcast. Um, but it was just one of those things where you remember where you were when you heard this news. That's how big of a personality, uh, Kobe Bryant was in the world. Why don't we start there? Why don't we start with the, the angle you're taking right now? Cause I wanted to get to it eventually today. Um, you know, I was out for a run. I get home, my, my watch and my phone are going crazy, of course. You know, I, yeah. I was right in the middle of the notifications. So I flipped on the screen. I went to ESPN because for 30 years of my life, that's what I've done. Yes. And they're playing the Pro Bowl. And, and I, I, I struggled with that. Why? I, str- I struggled with that because, and I want to get your opinions because you guys are the TV people here, the broadcast people. You, you have, uh, you know, tons of TV experience in your lives. Um. At, are, are you, at, at what point do you have to cut away? It, 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 does it have to be a bigger global name? Or, that's another discussion because, topic is how many other 
bigger global oh, names that, would have would that, warrant that <laughs> what we've seen here. But let's hold that and let Kevin can answer. I'll give you my quick answer. I, I think it's a it's different. I mean, there's seven ESPNs. There's yeah. there's twenty four hour news networks. Um, it, it's not like when there was three networks and you had to make a choice of one or the other. I think ESPN did it the right way. They, their coverage was on ESPN two and other places. The Pro Bowl was sort of committed to there. Um, there were a lot of other places. If you personally chose to get your coverage of this, that you could go. I, I agree with what Paul saying um, because of all the other outlets here. You have a responsibility to report it, and a sporting event, a sports world figure, or even a, a well. Any world, I'd say any world figure, but major leaders of countries mm-hmm. uh, would warrant uh, an interruption in programming, if you will, for that. I'll tell you how we handle it on the PGA Tour radio uh, on our broadcast on Sirius XM over the weekend in a second. But um, to completely leave the Pro Bowl, I, I think there are obligations that they, they couldn't do that okay. for advertisers, but they certainly had to mention it, it comments from the announcers if I thought they did a great job in yeah. handling it once it was announced in the stadium they asked every drew Brees about it they asked every player right. about it players then now that they found out they were doing celebrations and holding up the two four i thought espn did a very good job and i and i think kevin will relate to what our jobs are as broadcasters they brought the tone down yeah um and that's yes. not easy to do not, in a basically especially for goofy, joe tessitore ba- yes <laughs> Well, that's yes. true. A goofy, a goof fest that the Pro Bowl is. I thought they did a nice job of bringing the tone of the announcing down, the tone of the coverage down, and and let and everybody understood that we're playing this, but we know what's going on. All right, and, and I'll tell you how I handled it. So I I was an on course rover with a some you know top players in the world, Roy McIlroy and John Rahm, um, mm-hmm. and Ryan Palmer was also in the group, but he wasn't playing as well, so. Uh, he wasn't in the movie, so to speak, because he played himself out of it. I'm not knocking, but just, you know, circumstances. Um, and our host, Earl Forsey, who's excellent, um, we did a brief segment where he mentioned the news. You know, we, we came back from break, no bump music for tone reasons, uh, mentioned the news, uh, you know, that he crashed, that his daughter, you know, we didn't mention that he crashed at that time. You know, the information that his daughter's with him and how many other people were on the um, helicopter wasn't known because originally I think there was five. It was four originally, right. and, I, and I, I was shocked later in the day to find out that he basically doubled that. That that, that was yeah. very surprising to me. And because of tone, um, Earl mentioned uh, all this information, you know, said this is very sad news, and we immediately went to break. It was just th- mm-hmm. that singular thing because going from that, all right, let's go out to the – Eighth hole in Kevin yeah. Sylvester, right? So in that case, it was done. It was mentioned several other times. It wasn't my job. And part of the reason why, so I didn't, my producer didn't have to say anything to me like, hey, you know, you don't have to, don't mention this. Um, because people and players can hear me yeah. on the golf course yeah. in caddies. It's not my job to break the news to them during or while they're trying to compete for something that somebody, Particularly the players that I'm covering, Rory McIlroy and John Rahm, have likely met. Yeah, they're in that circle for sure. Yeah, they, you know, have been in the circle. So I said nothing about it um, there because I'm so close in proximity, edge of greens. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know they could hear me. Adam Hayes, uh, Rahm's caddy, looked at me a few times, and 
you know, but they're, they're used to me being there. After the round, so the, the other way to cover it, after the round, you know, before you interview the player, and I know Amanda Baleonis got a lot of grief for this. No, and this she did com- fine. Yeah, no, this is complete garbage yeah. um, that, you know, listen, you prep the uh, in- interviewee yeah. or see, a, hey, do you want to make a comment? It's a Tiger Woods. Yeah. You're talking about there's a small circle and- Nobody's ambushing Tiger. Right, it's correct. Not happening. Tiger's not speaking unless Tiger right. wants to speak. Um, and she didn't ask a question. She said, I just know you want to say a few words about your friend, Kobe. And he did. And people are like, you know, come on. So uh, my only interview subject after the round, and I was standing outside the door of the scoring room when John Rahm and Rory McIlroy were given the news. Yeah. And Rahm took longer to come out. He was very emotional about it. And he just lost a tournament by one, right? Uh, He came out. And I just said something about uh, the, the emotion of losing that tournament. He's like, well, it's not just that. You know, first of all, that, the circumstance, whatever. And then Kobe Bryant, I'd met him. He inspired me. And it made me think, you know, John Rahm's in his early 20s. Yeah. Kobe Bryant, for that generation, is the Michael Jordan no yep. of our generation. There's no, no question. Right? No I, question. And, I, and that really didn't uh, resonate me. Like, LeBron is my son's generation, my older son's generation. There, you know, So you had, Le- you had Jordan, you had Kobe, and then you have LeBron, right? Uh, the the three, yeah. you know, probably one, two, and three of all time great players in the NBA, and for different generations, uh, what they mean. So that uh, okay, that that's why this makes this bigger. Let me cut in there, Kevin, because I, and I'm I'm really not trying to knock ESPN. It was just in the in the moment, it shocked me that they wouldn't move the Pro Bowl to ESPN two. To, you know what I mean? I I, I they probably they probably couldn't, Mike. They I get it. I, I get yeah. all the advertising. Yeah. I, I I promise. But yeah, yeah. Just it, it, it's what. It struck me immediately, and I wanted to bring it up with you guys because you have experience in it. Um, Probably didn't also have the guys there to, to speak credibly on it, There's no right? question, but I'll tell right? you what. The, the, guys, guy that, the, the guys that came in were phenomenal for yeah. six, eight hours. Well, that's hours, the power and the strength of what ESPN can tap into, an incredible lineup of experience. Because, yeah. frankly, let's be honest, I flipped around a little bit, and I watched some of the coverage on the 24-hour news channels, and me it was too. embarrassing. I had to keep going and back. And it was a joke yeah. ESPN. Um, because they're not qualified. They're just not. Um, you know, it, it, it was erroneous information. It was... It Right. was overreaching statements. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. At one point, I, I, I we're flipping around. The Weather Channel was doing twenty four hour <laughs> right. coverage because it might, at the time, might have had something to do with yeah. the weather. I mean, uh, enough already. Let's stop. But I get it in the world today. We so, don't. We don't ever stop. But what ESPN could, and you know what, Kevin, this goes back to something that, that as both of us being broadcasters, we're trained for this. Um, I, uh, my inspiration comes from Al Michaels at the 1989 World Series when he was by far the most, and and again, this was in a different era, he was the best guy on the air, not only because he had grown up and worked in San Francisco, but as a sportscaster, you you go into every event preparing for the unexpected, yeah. and you're able and to ad lib the ad lib yes. ability. Yes. And I, I think that any young broadcaster wants to know how to do it. Go back and watch that sure. clip of Al Michaels being incredible. Better than Dan Rather and Peter Jennings and the rest of the news guys, he was incredible because that's what he was trained to do. You know the the only. Um time where i've had to comment on what was going on where it looked like a tragedy uh, richard zednick 
Now, uh, uh, hockey fans may remember this. He was cut by a skate blade, a game in Buffalo. He's playing for the Florida Panthers. I was there. And skating off the ice, um, you know, an artery had been nicked, okay? And it it was gruesome, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there was a, it a was trail gruesome. of blood. It, the whole world, go the whole to break. place knew what it was. Go to break. We come back. You know, there's a pause in action, and I was a television host. Mike Robitaille was a commentator, and we are both – like, did we just witness somebody yeah. killed on the ice playing hockey? And we had no we had no knowledge of what was going on uh, because, you know, this is an emergency situation. And we had to be on the air with that and discuss things. And you talk about tone and just the unease, but it's had to hard. bring, it's but hard. had to try to find a way to convey to the audience, like, he's in good hands. Yep. Like, yep. you know, you know, we'll let you get past along the information as we know. We're not sure if this game is going to continue, yeah. so on and so forth, right? And then uh, you were you were at the game, Mike. Yeah. Remember when they announced that he's in stable condition? Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. right. Everybody and the could, play, you sure. could fe- you could feel the players were like, see, that was unique Ooh. because you 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 couldn't go forward until that came out. Correct. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, because if you, it didn't work out in his favor, I can't you, play hockey. I'll give you mine yeah. that 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 did not have quite that that much resolution was was the Kevin Everett situation yeah. Buffalo right. Bills player yes. um, who was injured and 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 if you're familiar with it um, was paralyzed and and it happened on a tackle you yeah. know on the field and all you know is that the ambulance and the stretchers are out there and the trainers and 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 but at the time you, you, you know I don't know at the time you ever you thought it was as bad as it turned out to be but you didn't know and that's really hard there was there was a lot more of you didn't know um to not to it's it's i don't feel comfortable comparing it to kevin's story but there was some visual evidence of what had happened in Kevin's situation that there wasn't in the Kevin Everett situation. You just knew he was hurt and likely hurt pretty bad. And, and I'll never forget. It was the next day um, when it was revealed that he almost died, that, that I was as shaken as I have ever been being in the sports casting business in my 30 plus years. Let me, let me. um, So uh, you just, I can't believe I didn't think of this. uh, The first thing, when you're talking about this, the the other time Dale Earnhardt, and he's oh, passing. Yeah. I was I was a sports director at WBT Radio in Charlotte, and I'd sent uh, Brett McMillan, um, who works for uh, Performance Racing Network, and um, but he, he worked for us too at BT, and I sent him to Daytona to cover it. And I watched the race in my apartment in Charlotte, and he calls my cell immediately when it's over. He goes, Kevin, um, I, I have a source told me Dale Earnhardt is dead from that crash. I go, Are you kidding me? That looks so innocuous. He's like. I, I know, but I'm just telling you, by being around and knowing the feel, I said, okay, I'm going in. I'm going in the station. I called my boss. <clears throat> uh, we're in between program directors, so I called the general manager said, this is what's going on. I'm there to go on the air once Brett can confirm it to me. And uh, he's like, okay. I was on the air at 7 p.m. on Sunday night until 3 in the morning. Wow. We had a two-hour break. We did a week's worth of coverage wow. of Dale Earnhardt because he lived in the Charlotte area but he was the Michael Jordan of the sport, uh, Dale Earnhardt. And, and he was tr- transcendent yes, beyond the sport. Too. Every, I think there's a, yes. some comparisons that's a similar, that's between a similar Kobe tragedy. and Dale. Yes. I thought of Dale Earnhardt almost immediately, Kevin, um, because I think I think they were at that kind of level. Yes. Um, not, as, not as widespread ah. because Kobe Bryant's sport is more widespread. Kobe's international. Can I jump in there? Yes. Because part of the, the discussion and part of my, my, my thinking with the ESPN and the Pro Bowl was – 
do they? I think I brought it up earlier. Do, do they? Do they not think it's as big of a deal? You know what I mean? Not that his death isn't a big deal, but do they not think that he wasn't as big of a deal as he was? Because I, to me, that's in the last forty-eight hours. The reach of this? Yes, you're correct. I mean, into the soccer world, into hockey, Canada, everywhere you look at sports, they're honoring him, and there is some player or some coach or someone connected to an organization that had a one-on-one interaction with Kobe Bryant that has the same story, you know, the same takeaway. Uh, I don't know that, that any of us really understood how far he got his message out. I think you're, I think you're right. Right? I think you're right with that. And, and, I, and again, I'm not knocking ESPN. No. It's just that was my interaction with, with what, where I went to look for the news, and I'm just trying to put, put together, well, you know, man, th- this, is, this is Ali dying. Right, yeah. Right I, to some degree. To some, to some degree, you're right. This is a uh, guy who grew up More in, so because he's more contemporary. Well, sure, he, sure. he grew up in Italy. Right, yeah. so that that had so there's an international piece to this too. Came out as a high school player, right? Wasn't he the first? Yeah, uh, Garnett was Garnett was it before. was Garnett first. We'll Garnett talk about. It. We'll talk about. So it. Kobe comes out of high school and uh, you know forces a trade. He got drafted by Charlotte. Yeah, uh, gets traded to well, the Lakers. Pulls the John Elway, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, pulls the John Elway. Goes to the Lakers. Brings him back to glory along with Shaq. Does it twice without Shaq yep. to win the title. And I, I think you're right. And again, I'll go back to John Rahm to see how emotional he was. This was his Michael Jordan. This is the and this is a kid who grew up in Spain. Yeah, it came here to go to college. And it's an international sport. That has a I lot know, to do but with but they see the competitor and just how great he was. Uh, Kobe Bryant, and then he, yeah. he moved himself into the film industry, wins an Oscar. <laughs> um, he's written books. Written, but he's, bu- he's he's reshaped his image better than anybody after a scandal yeah. uh, in sports, in my opinion. Uh, with that and really turned himself into a family man by all the accounts, which I had no idea how uh, uh, much of a family guy he was Okay, uh, from this. Let's get into all so, of this. So, well, real quick, hold on to my initial question. Go ahead. How many other people in any walk of life kind of will, will are, are going to, is it going to be sports figures moving forward that will generate this kind of outpouring and thus coverage? I mean, is there a movie star so that if George, something like George this had Clooney happened? probably? Oh, I don't, no, I don't no, think so, no, Kevin. No. I don't. Um, I don't even know if a political figure. No. Um, you know, and honestly, in, in the world that we live in, I don't even know that a high-ranking political figure generates the kind of outpouring and coverage that this does. Uh, I've got. I was just about to go there. I have two points. Because maybe reasons. Number one is basketball, right? Um, it's not for nothing that the globalization of the NBA happened during out throughout the span of Kobe's career. He was a part of the two two of the bigger Olympic teams, not the dream team, but two of the bigger Olympic right. teams. Uh, he made himself visible in an, in, a, in a league that wanted to be everywhere. Right, that was a part of it. So there's no question that that was one of the one of the you know returns on this. And number two is. I don't think John Rahm wanted to meet Kobe Bryant because he was a hell of a basketball player. Uh, and maybe he did initially, but the takeaway wasn't this guy's you know, a lethal basketball player. Uh, it's a mindset. I mean, you can say the Mamba mentality, whatever, however you want to say it, right? Every single person who's talking right now from every walk of life <laughs> talks about this guy's just ridiculous, psychotic work ethic and how he could speak to that, right? How he could, he was, he was a, almost a motivational speaker when he spoke to you one-on-one. And it wasn't about, look at me, look at me, look at me. It was, this is what I do. This is what you should do. And, and everybody seems to have taken that away from him, right? That's, I mean, his, certainly his daughter had it. You could see it in how they've practiced in some of the video clips you, you could see. 
but all these other players from all these other sports, you can just see that that's what they were attracted to with Kobe Bryant. It wasn't the 81 points. Right. Right. It was how he got to the 81 points. His, his work ethic that he would just. Uh, he, uh, Luka Don, Donchich, uh told a story how he heard a fan talking to him in Croatian, <laughs> and it was Kobe. Yeah. Taught himself how to yeah, speak. Courtside. <laughs> yeah, from courtside. Yelling at him courtside. Uh, Ramona, wow. Ramona Shelburne shared a story on ESPN that uh, Kobe wanted, to, uh, as a romantic gesture, he wanted to learn how to play a song on the piano for his wife, So, he, but he didn't want her to know. Yeah. So he didn't, uh, you know, schedule-wise, family-wise, he taught himself yeah. how to do it because he didn't want her to know that he's going for piano lessons. So he just did it himself. So let's dive into Kobe. I mean, that just, but it just shows how determined and talented the guy was. I, uh, like I said, I've listened to a ton of, a ton of uh, podcasts and, and, and segments on this Kobe stuff because it's kind of addicting right now. It's, you know, he's, his personality is really easy to attach to, I, I think. Just the intelligence, the, the work ethic, the willpower, and the success. It's just super attractive. Yeah. Um, the Italy, the, the Italy part of this is really important. Um, number one, he was isolated there. And I, I really think that's a big part of why Kobe is who he is. Uh, you know, he was, he was sort of just a guy over there, and he, and he kept to himself. And people that keep to themselves, you can, you can call them loners, but, if, but people that, are, that have that kind of time to themselves, if they use that time the right way, you can become pretty damn special. That's right. You can. If, if you're crafting your personality and your lifestyle and your work ethic on your own, in your own time, you are self-aware. And nobody was more self-aware as an athlete than Kobe Bryant, in my opinion. You know, I, I, you can liken it to Jordan on a, on a one-to-one relationship, in my opinion. I mean, I know the numbers are what they are, and you, know, you grew up in, however you grew up, one way or the other. There's no other athlete that compares to Jordan better than Kobe. Am I correct, am I correct in saying you that? You are correct. We're correct. all correct yes. in saying that. Yes. Um, so I think, and not only was Italy this, self, this self-awareness part, uh, personality growth, he played soccer a ton. And we've talked about this on this show. There is something to growing up in a multi-sport facet and, and playing and, and building different muscle sets and building different agility skill sets, doing other things. And translating those to a, a different sport. Uh, if you, any of you who watched the, the final game last night on ESPN, he's 37 years old and he's still beating four guys on the dribble. That's not normal. Right. That's not normal. That's agility. That's flexibility. That's that's quickness of feet. That's all stuff you learn in soccer. I teach it three times a week to to, to a couple of girls teams right now. Um, so there's that's something. There's something to be said for that. That he grew up in a multi-sport aspect, which you know we've talked about guys like Bryce Harper. And Chris Bryant and those guys who aren't doing that, right? They're they're baseball players from three years old to fifty, and right. they're hoping it works out. Um, so there's that aspect of it. He gets to the to the NBA. Well, let's actually let's let's he he decides he's coming out at 17 years old, which has never been done. That's the youngest ever at that point. Um, a couple of really interesting points. He's 17, so he's he's a minor. His parents had to co-sign his first NBA contract. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even able to sign his first contract without his parent, parental consent. So, so that happens. He's 20 when that contract's about to expi- expire. He signs a six-year, $70 million extension at 20 years old. That's why you go. And that's why high schoolers should be going right now. This one-and-done stuff's got to stop, right? Well, some people say, yeah, for the NBA to honor his legacy and greatness, to enact the Kobe rule. Where, where you can come out out of high school. There's no question. So, you know, things evolve. Phil Jackson comes in. This is where I want to kind of finish this this little melee. Um, they butted heads uh, quite a lot. I mean, obviously the Shaq and Kobe, we don't need to get into that. 
you can understand why those two pundits, I mean, couldn't be two more polarizingly opposite people in the world than Kobe and Shaq, but not Phil Jackson. And this is, this interests me. Phil, ja- Phil Jackson and Kobe, I've never met either of them, but and I, have any of you met either of these two individuals? I, I, no. I, I worked in the, uh, I worked for the Hornets when I was in Charlotte, sure. but uh, did not. So passing through, you probably saw Phil. Uh, no, actually, no. No, never? No. I, okay. I, it, we split the, the shifts, and I never covered a, a Laker game at that time or so, a Bulls game. So I've read Phil's book, and it's incredible. Anybody who you know, likes, this, likes to get in the head of sports a little bit more than you know, normal, that's the book for you. Um, and now this, the past 48 hours of learning about Kobe, there's just a ton of correlation, maybe too much. And that's probably what happened is, look, Kobe is this, this isolated guy who you know, kind of took everything on his own shoulders and Phil had a philosophy. <laughs> it was Phil's way or the highway. And you can understand why those two per, you know, strong personalities would butt heads. But they came to an understanding when Phil told him this. And I love this. And this is probably what I'll take away from both of them now. Um, he looked Kobe in the face and he said, you are able to, to handle data and, and a moment and a game and a level of comp- competition better than anybody else out here. And there's no one else who comes even really close to you on the basketball court right now in this generation. And he goes, that includes your teammates. He goes, and, you know, one of the problems was Kobe was miserable. He was getting in the face of teammates. He's yelling at them on the bench. Because they weren't him. Because they weren't him. And he goes, you have to accept the fact that nobody else can get to your point. Even if they're given their 100%, it's probably only 70% of you. He goes, and that's just going to be your life. And until you figure that out and, and accept it and be able to play with it, right, instead of butting against it, we're never going to be successful. And everything changed after that little speech. Everything changed. And you could. And, and the reason I want to bring that up is you're right. There is a second half to Kobe Bryant. And you f- I feel like that had to be a big, one of the big turning points where Kobe just looking himself in the face and saying, all right, you know, I'm, I'm a level above in, in every regard. It's not, me, it's not about me mentally, being great. It's about making other people around me. I just have to accept what's, what's around me and play ball accordingly. Uh, and certainly the, you know, the success writes itself, but I, I just love that there's, because that's a very intellectual thing to have to tell somebody. And it's very tough for somebody to understand that, but right. clearly he did clearly. Yeah. Uh, you're a genius. Everybody else. That's is essentially below what you. it is. Right. And, and good for you, but you got to suck it up. Right. It's a negative right. in this regard. Well, it's that's a, a negative. And, you're and never... Phil, Phil Jackson lived it before yeah. with Michael Jordan. Right. Exactly. You're never going to get where you want to be by being a genius by yourself. There's no question. Right. Yeah. Not in this game, it's at so, least. Go so play tennis. Many, so many layers <laughs> of, of Kobe's life and career are so interesting to me. Being the son of a player, you yeah. know, that that has a lot of advantages. Where he grew up, um, you know, coming in as young as he did. Uh, you know, I think one of the reasons why his death has hit so many people so hard is it came at such a young age. I mean, you mentioned Muhammad Ali and, and you had to be older to understand even older than Kevin and I are because we weren't around for the, for the, for the fight with the arm with being, you know, being drafted and all that stuff. We just knew who Ali was. I mean, there's so many people. If you're 20 and under, you knew who Kobe Bryant, if you're 50 and older, you knew who Kobe and everybody in between, I thought about the fact that that he died so young um, compared to greats that will die in their 70s and 80s being a major difference. My 10-year-old knows who Kobe Bryant is. That's awesome. 
right? Which that's not I, even I was, from video games, right? That's just correct. <laughs> I'm just stunned that he knew who Kobe Bryant was. I'm like, wow, okay, he knows Kobe. They know him as Kobe. You don't yep. have to say Bryant, which is awesome. That's the other thing. You don't have to say. Kobe. It's a I mean, life you don't goal, say right? Brian. It's you say Kobe. It's a life and, goal to be a one name star, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's on your parents because if it was Joe, <laughs> his name was Joe, um, like his, you know, like his dad was, it might not be the same. I, I think what um, why this hit everybody so hard too is the fact that his daughter was yeah. with him. Yeah, thirteen yeah, year old. I, I want to speak to this a little bit. Uh, if you don't a, mind, a life that seemed to be destined for brilliance too, uh, taken so young, um, and I, I think it's also important to note that. In an interview service, this Kobe traveled by helicopter a lot. Yep, this yeah. was not a hey, let's uh, let's do this as a novelty. This was a a regular mode of transportation. This was because he could, and because in California, in L.A., yeah. it makes sense if you have the wherewithal yes. to do it. And and as he pointed out. Uh, he was missing events because he was spending an hour in traffic. If I have the money to do it in 15 minutes in a helicopter flight, I'm going to do it. I, you know, again, there's always an inherent risk that's involved in that, but. You know, I, I think it's also fascinating that he didn't really go to games unless his daughter wanted to go to a game. I love it. Um, and I want to speak to the daughter stuff a little bit because I am a, a father of three daughters. So, so I mean, he has four. Uh, that's that's got to be something. But look at, uh, you know, he, uh, he was a heady guy. I think he was probably a difficult person. Don't you think? Is that safe to say? I, all, I, all people that are great and at the yeah. highest level of what they do can always be difficult. I think yeah. I think he was probably a pill for a, a lot of his youth, especially you know. My gosh, you, you become a hundred millionaire at twenty two years years old, right? You know, when you when you're uh, as lauded as he was, and you have all that attention on yeah. you, uh, yes, I, I, I would say think, yes, I would think. Uh, and the reason I bring it up is, man, you you have a, you have a daughter. <laughs> And it's like a it's like a switch just flips. You can no longer be that a hole. You just can't. You can't because now you're now you've got a wife who you feel like you can protect, and you've got this little daughter. And he had four four daughters, five women in his life. Um, I, I I have to imagine that his personality and his life and his life and the way he thought about life just was night and day from. 20 years ago to now I, I just have, have to imagine it and you could see the way he was invested yeah he was taking you know Gianna to all these basketball games he's instructing her on the sidelines these are all things that hit ridiculously home with me right? sure. I've taken my daughter to baseball games and I've bordered to death with strategy and how to keep score and all this stuff and you know any father any father of a daughter it's just something you it's like a, it's a protection thing I can't even imagine the difference between 20 years ago and now with Kobe Bryant. And I'm, I'm going to guess that we're going to start hearing more of those stories. I think people are being really sensitive with the daughter stuff right now, which I can understand. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear those stories because I think, I think there's probably a much better version of Kobe Bryant still to come out as just dad. And, uh, it's, I, that's, I, I uh, that's a big a, part of what I think we, we're going to miss out the next 20 years. He talked right? a little bit about this. I happened to catch a little bit of Jimmy Kimmel live and he, yeah. and he did not no studio audience it was a recorded taped show yeah. where he reran old interviews with Kobe and one of the ones I happened to catch was talking exactly about that how his wife wanted a son but he didn't really want a son he wanted another daughter because this had just was in September just after his fourth daughter was born and it's exactly what he talked about Mike you're absolutely right it, it just humbles the hell out of you <laughs> to have a little girl that you know you no feel question. like you have you have to cover for so it's it, I you know, tragic stuff. Uh, but man, we—I think—I mean, I'm 
I'm about to be 40 years old. So 41-year-old Kobe, I literally grew up year to year with this guy. So yeah. it's, this is a tough one. All right, we're going to uh, find a way to transition here. Uh, but before, while I do that, um, I want to tell you about a special offer from The Athletic and theathletic.com. If you go there and you put in uh, theathletic.com slash spottrack 40 off, that's theathletic.com slash S-P-O-T-R-A-C 40 off, you'll get 40% off your yearly subscription coverage on, on Kobe, yeah. NBA, everything. They go in-depth. Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl. That's coming up. Yeah, sure. it's, it's, it's uh, certainly been overshadowed, long, which is long, rare. Long-form pieces um, at theathletic.com, and we thank them for the support of SpotTrack.com and the SpotTrack podcast. Well, let's talk about Super Bowl and some a uh, couple of off-season sure. outlooks uh, for a couple of teams here uh, when it comes to contracts. Really, uh, you know, we're, we're a money show, but that uh, shows you the impact of Kobe Bryant. Uh, we just talked about his legacy. Uh, I, do, I just want to add one thing. Nike... Uh, ah, good move. I just but, wanted to. I want. I had this open as well. Yes. Kevin, go ahead. Nike took everything off their website, Kobe related, because they don't want uh, people buying it all up and reselling the secondary, profiting off his death. That's good stuff. And I thought great. that was great. Yep. Yeah, that's good. And stuff. they're really going to think about uh, going forward uh, what they're going to do. So uh, smart. Smart Super moves there smart. by Nike. Um, Nike's going to sell some Super Bowl gear, I'm sure, sure. <laughs> and a lot of Super Bowl gear uh, coming up. A lot of Mahomes mm-hmm. uh, stuff, and uh, maybe some Garoppolo. Though, you know, I'm trying to think well, who would be the b- biggest star on the Niners to sell. Would it be Sherman? Would it yeah. be Kittle? B- uh, Bosa. I, 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 Ooh, Richard Sherman. Right? I watched a little bit of the of the opening night thing, and it was a lot of Richard Sherman. Um, you know, he not only is he an outlandish person and outspoken but he's been in our public eye before but he's got the biggest legacy on that team right now no question right no question Richard Sherman I don't know Garoppolo looks like a Jonas brother yeah but I'm saying I mean, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, but he hasn't <laughs> done it he hasn't done it yet he and he's like done <laughs> you're right though um <laughs> I mean, aren't women impl- aren't women just buying the jerseys for the husbands at this point, right? <sighs> like, you you got to wear this jersey. No, we, we we like this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. Guys wearing a, a Garoppolo jersey that his wife bought for him. She bought it Stop for herself. It. She bought it for herself. I like that. Uh, no, I'm just like, well, in Kansas City, you clearly have Pat Mahomes. Sure, right. Let me, let me jump and in. Then I, I, Pat I, Mahomes was the top merchandise getter in in the NFL this year. He topped Brady for the first. Not, Brady Brady's been number one forever. Wow, Mahomes this year. And Mahomes wasn't you know he missed games. He it wasn't even like like we forgot about him in the middle of the season. But I'm just saying like <laughs> Mahomes is the star of the Chiefs, the, the and, league, and yeah. then of the league. And you look at the Niners, and I'm, I'm to me Richard Sherman. Okay, it's a credit to them. Right, that they, don't have, that they don't have a singular superstar yeah, right now. It's a I credit mean, to them. It's how they operate. They don't need Garoppolo to be three fifty and three. I mean, I think he might. Well, they need. Yeah, do they need him in this game to <laughs> be that? No, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think Mostert's going to have any they, kind of game. It's not what they do, and 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 you're discounting the fact that San Francisco's defense may re, may not necessarily need them to do that. There's no See, that's what's so intriguing about this game to me, is you have this incredible offense, and I don't know that anybody is going to slow down Mahomes and the offense, but if there is somebody that can do it, San Francisco is built the way to do it. We have seen teams that have great pass rushes that can generate a pass rush without from a front four without blitzing and and I'm talking about the Giants Patriots Super Bowls that's how you can negate right. the great offenses so you've got this incredible chess match which is why it's basically a pick em game um it is can San Francisco's defense which is dominant slow down 
Kansas City's offense enough to allow San Francisco to do what they want to do offensively. And that's not necessarily have Garoppolo throw it eight times, but maybe throw it 24 times and still run for 180 yards. Is that going to be enough? I still think if Garoppolo's got to throw 24 times, they're in trouble. Okay. So you don't believe in him at all. I think you're discounting oh, no, I, him. I, I, I believe in him. I just mean, that, I mean, listen. That sounds like a shootout for the 49ers, him throwing 24 Well, let me times. give you a couple of numbers. Well, first, point, the point, to counter you, Paul, a little bit, um, I agree. I think San Francisco will get a pass rush. I think it might nip him in the butt. Yeah, Because Patrick Mahomes is pretty darn good on the run. I think you want to keep him in the pocket, uh, which means they probably won't be rushing as much as possible. They'll be containing a little bit more, which is going to be going against their defense. I think they're going to be in prevent mode for San Francisco. I think that is the right approach against Patrick Mahomes. You sit those cornerbacks eight to 10 yards further back than you generally would. You let Sammy Watkins come across the middle in the front and get four yards, five yards. You just don't let Tyreek Hill and you know Hardman get down, get deep on you. To me, that's the, that's the way to approach this game from a San Francisco point of view. Uh, the numbers are this. You're right. It's, it's a basically a pick'em game. It's Kansas City minus 1.5, but the over-under is only 54 and a half. That's Ooh, low. That that's... means they think 28-27 or 28-26. <sighs> that that's game. giving San Francisco's defense a lot of credit. That's both defenses, really. That's both defenses. I don't know. That's you think it should be in, in the thirties. I mean, that, that'd be a shootout. I, I think. I think the, if I it's think in the thirties, that's bad for San Francisco. I think somebody's going to have to hit thirty to win. Is my point. You As, don't. Well, so does Vegas. I mean, those numbers basically say twenty-eight, not, twenty-seven. Not right? with I mean, a one-point spread. Well, I mean, but uh, <laughs> that can go so many uh, different ways. I I think it's a tough game to handicap. I it really is. do. It really is. I, I think because the teams are incredibly even. What's, what Kansas City does well, San Francisco yeah. negates doing well. And that's why the spread's where it is, so they get money on both sides here. Absolutely. Not to mention you can't pick your favorite color. <laughs> right? Yeah, no right. kidding. It's gonna be yeah, that, first, that's out the window. First red is on that red, not how Vegas picks First things? red versus red Super Bowl, <laughs> yeah. I believe. Yeah. I, I Want to pick now or wait to the end of the show? Boy. You need 10 minutes to, to no, think No, well, tomorrow I could pick the Niners. Today, I could, you know. Yeah. Could this was your Chiefs. Super Bowl pick, right? These two It was. Two it was. So I'll go first then. I, so I, I can't again, pick the I, Packers? I keep thinking <laughs> back to, you know, we love the offenses. We get infatuated with the high-flying offenses. And, and to point to those, particularly those Patriots-Giants Super Bowls, it was the defenses that dictated the games. And I think San Francisco's is good enough to do that. I really do. I think San Francisco's is good enough to slow down Kansas City enough to allow San Francisco to score between 24 and 28 points and win this game. Now, the Titans' defense isn't nearly as good. I mean, we're talking about the, the Niners' defense, you know, yeah. if not the best, one of the best in the, in the NFL. But you had Mike Vrabel, who I think is a great coach. Yep. Um, he's displayed that. Um, don't you think he threw everything at Mahomes? Yeah, yeah, I don't think he had the personnel, though. No, he didn't have the defensive line, that's yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. you've got three, what, three, four first-round picks on the defensive line, and they're all really, really good players, and they're across the board. That That's rare. That's uh, What's intriguing to me about San Francisco is how they built this team. Now, mm -hmm. granted, they had bad years that allowed them to get high draft picks, and that's okay, that's fine. That's how it works these days. But it's interesting. that There's more assets, draft, high draft assets on the defensive line than almost any team I can remember in recent history. Um, and, and, you know, you don't necessarily need a number one shutdown corner if you have great pass rush again you, you know if you have great dbs you don't need to go to pass rush if you, the other way around i i i mean that's what intrigues me about how san francisco has built this team 
Oh, it, and let's not discount that Shanahan's an offensive <laughs> genius, yeah. and we're not giving him we're not giving him a lot of credit that he that Kyle Uzcheck could be the difference making guy in this. I was game. just going to say Uzcheck's going to be the MVP. I love right? it, right? I mean, they're going to find the How about that, that for the age of the fullback. And huh? you, you know what? Uh, he's quickly. Uh, you could debate who the the best all time Niners fullback was. Tom yeah, Rathman. Go Tom Rathman. Tom Rath. Well, Roger Craig was Roger Craig wasn't really a fullback, mm, was he? Kind of a kind of a first ever guy, thousand right? thousand player in well, NFL remember, history. Roger nice. Craig. Remember Roger Craig and Wendell Tyler were. Well, that's what I'm saying. Craig he was, was a fullback he for was Wendell kind Tyler. Of a fullback, but yeah. then brought Rathman in. Everybody said that guy's the best fullback ever. But I'm like, you look at Uzcheck, who wears the same number as Tom Rathman, and Uzcheck is more useful yes. than Tom Rathman. Rathman was just uh, merely a batter. Ram, where Juszczyk is, the guy's got speed. Total right? Swiss Army knife. Yes. Total. And a coach who understands that and and made an effort to sign him to a ridiculously over <laughs> what was appear to be, an old, get, to, to get back to contract talk, at the time was like, you're giving a fullback that much money? What are you, crazy? Well, I definitely now you it. know why. Now <laughs> yes. You, now, and, they actually and, use check. You know, Ugh. yeah. I mean, he to me, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see how how they do use him um, yeah. because I think that's what makes Kyle Shanahan and this offense brilliant is all the things that they can do and and is George you know is George Kittle going to be the Gronk uh, sure. equivalent of of the Super Bowl I, I think he could be I think Uzcheck's job is going to be to take uh, Chris Jones completely out of the game wherever he is that's where you're going that's my opinion right here's some numbers. Just a one quick uh, prop bet here. You guys, you guys mentioned it. The over under on Jimmy Garoppolo's passing yards. Do you know the number? Have you 180. seen it? One eighty. Two twenty five. Two thirty nine and a half. I'd go with the under. Okay. With Mahomes, what's his over under? Over under eighty. No, I'm going to say his over under. Yeah, I'd say probably two ninety. Three oh five wow. and a half. Ooh, that's a lot against that, that defense. Lot. That's a lot. But He's, if they win, he's going to throw for over three hundred five yards. Right? And we all agree with that, don't we? I think we? so. I think so. I mean, Mahomes has to have a massive game. That's a 60-yard difference. Unless he does it with his legs, too. I, you I know? Just, What's I, his rushing yard I think, over under? Right? I mean, that, that's that's an interesting one. If, if Mahomes is going to beat you, it's going to be a combination of him running and the air attack. I don't see them running the ball against the Niners' defense. I think people are underestimating Garoppolo, and maybe some of that is because it's it's recency bias of the last sure. game that he played. He he was he's a good player, top three in the NFL in every quarterback statistic this year. He's really good. He's got a lot of Tom Brady in him for obvious reasons. Um, you know, I, I I thought when when he was still on the Patriots you saw glimpses to go this guy's going to be really good I wonder where it's going to be and then when he gets traded for the second round pick I'm like are you kidding me and then when he got hurt last year I'm like wait till this guy comes back because he was great for that back half of the season when he got traded to San Francisco and he was really good before he got hurt and you know again we talk about this a lot I think people that fell asleep on San Francisco clearly made mistakes and not thinking that one he went back into that lineup with everything else around him. They were not a four and twelve team. They could be a twelve and four team, and they proved to be that way. And I think he's the reason why. That's going to be one of the big storylines if the 49ers win, right? That that trade was an all timer. 
Yeah, did you, uh, I, um, where did I read? It was a really good uh, story somewhere along the line, maybe the On the Athletic, about kind of how they were built and, and John Lynch and everything. And basically they were like, uh, Patriots called and said, you want Jimmy Garoppolo for a second-round pick? And they were like ready to up their <laughs> offer because they're like, there's, there's, this is where we're starting our negotiations. And the Patriots are like, no, no, that's what we want, a second-round pick. Um, and, and they're like, yeah. I mean, everybody in the league, every – Every personnel guy in the league knew he was going to be great. It's just so nearsighted. I don't understand it. Well, if you want to spin this back to the New England side of it, it's super intriguing about how this thing happened. Was there a rift between Belichick and Kraft? Did Belichick want to move forward with Garoppolo and Kraft wouldn't let him? So Belichick, in his spite, said, okay, fine. I'm going to send him as far away as possible. I'm just going to get what I can get. And there was a relationship between Belichick and Mike Shanahan. I mean, there's layers to this that made that trade possible because as it looks now, you're like, are you kidding me? A second round pick for this guy? When anybody who watched enough football, even though he didn't have a lot of games under his belt, knew he was going to be great. I don't understand it. I still don't. It, it doesn't make sense. I mean, he's as important a player as Khalil Mack. Could you imagine? Is that him incorrect on, and saying? What would it be? What would the Patriots be like if he had stayed and they had moved to him instead of Brady? They, they'd be great. They'd be great. <laughs> better be than good, they are. Right. No question. Yes. They'd be great. So, so which is which is why it was such an unBelichick like move in every way, which leads me to think that Kraft would not let it happen. I I don't get it. I still even if you're you you know you got to get rid of him, right? Brady's Brady and Belichick have come to terms. They Garoppolo's got to go. Yeah, they couldn't. He, he's really too good looking and him, he's too good of a. And they really couldn't really pay him either, right? <laughs> yeah, nice. It doesn't. That still doesn't mean you go out and just get any deal you can get, yeah. or you set the term. What are you talking about? He's a starting quarterback. That's why it was maybe, so bizarre. Well, may, yeah, maybe part it, you know going along that line of thinking. Maybe it was like, see, this guy's not that great. We can only get a second for him. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> we'll saying. find out. We will find out. We'll yep. find out. How many squares do you guys? You think Belichick's own? betting the over on two four two forty nine and a half? Yeah. I bet he is right now. Probably got to win something back on this. I got one now, and I'll probably be yeah. in two or three more. Well, I'm just saying because every uh, kids travel team and sports <laughs> team know. and fundraiser, <laughs> it's I, the biggest tax scam in the history of America. Fact, <laughs> I bought one of yours. <laughs> yes, yeah, so did I. And you know what happened? The yeah. next day, my kid comes home. I, my basketball team's selling them. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> ten bucks. Right. All, All right. right uh, <laughs> you want to run through some NFL teams here? But uh, let me ask next. you. Let me ask you one real quick though. But when it comes to betting, yeah. and we go to real, you know, you talk about the the line there. Is there any better thing to have in the in the in the game in a square, I think I think oh, it's, it's great. The best. I think it's except great. for I drew a it's freaking a, five. I did too. Well, that's it. You get just the rip it up and, and throw it out. It's fives over. and twos. And I have done, right? I have in one of those uh, the one that costs the most, of course, um, uh, for forty bucks. I have a five and a three. We need the, the XFL Chiefs, rules. I have the Chiefs five and the Niners three. Oh. Yeah, no, that ain't gonna do it. No, no it's not gonna happen. We need the no. XFL rules. Did you see these new rules where where you can, where you can do like three, a three, two, or a one? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yep, I, I would like Campers it. Campers need it. Um, XFL, by the way, starts a week from Sunday. Maybe that'll be next week's slight discussion topic. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right, uh, <laughs> quick time for some outlooks on some NFL offseason teams. Bang. Wait, are we doing picks? Oh, oh. oh I'll, I'll take the Chiefs. All right, well, I've Pat already Mahomes. gone on the record here as going with the Niners. I'm going to take the Niners, too. Okay, well, someone had to take the not-Niners. I'm going to take the Chiefs <laughs> and Pat Mahomes. No, you're taking the not-Niners for now. That's right. That's what we're going to I'm going to take it. Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, uh, <laughs> frankly, only because I'd like to see him have one and I'd like to see Andy Reid get a Super Bowl victory. Nice. That will solidify his uh, Hall of Fame candidacy, Andy Reid. All right, 
a couple of quick run-throughs here on NFL teams and their offseason outlooks. The Bengals, here's the outlook. They have the number one pick. They control everything, and they're going to they're gonna take the quarterback, Burrow. I, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't put too much data down. Is there any doubt because, about that? You no. know, there should be. There just isn't. And maybe there shouldn't be. I mean, if Burrow's who we think he is, then, of course, that's the right pick. The problem is I went to, I went to pull in some offseason needs for the Bengals, and it's nine positions. Yeah, right. so, Your computer overloaded so, and overheated. And in fact, down. I couldn't stop finding positions they needed. So, they, uh, you know, that screams trade the pick. That's what that screams. Oh, that's, I, that screams you're not even ready for the quarterback. Trade the pick, get three first, and then go from there. But I think every just team that it. passed on Mahomes for that reason probably won't do it again. I don't know. I unless, mean, unless they really okay. For every good example, we've got three bad ones. All right, all right Goff, so, Wentz, Trubisky. Are people happy right now? I don't know. What if the all right? The Dolphins have three picks, right? Come, uh, is it all? I don't think it's all this it's year. Two, though. They have two this two year. Two this year and one. Yeah. All right. If you love Tua more, let's say you love Tua, yeah, uh, and they love Burrow, you can make that flop for the other two picks. Yeah, I, I think the Bengals should at least be considering that. I mean, you'd, we're well, hearing that they're not even considering, but that that sounds perfectly logical. I would to think me. you'd have to listen to because to guess everything. what? They've got Dalton for another year, and you could let Tua just kind of you know red shirt. Right. And you could fill in some of these holes, like half of these holes this year. If to me, that's a way better approach be the, from a team sense. Yeah, the Pat but you, Mahomes plan. You got to get your quarterback. And if what's you wrong believe, with Tua? If you believe that Burrow is the guy, and there's it, you, you got to get your quarterback. All you can find all those other positions, other and places. You can't find the quarterback. He's an Ohio places. kid too, right? He, absolutely, you Kevin. Got to take there, him. There's no question. He's an Ohio kid. He he's perfect in every way. It seems they got to sell jerseys, franchise. man. Come on. Yeah, I mean, the Dalton, the, uh, the A.J. Green is intriguing to yeah. me. Um, he's a free agent, correct? Who? A.J. Green? Or he is. Okay, and so, they're talking franchise. So tag, do you tag him it. because you want to have some semblance of, <sighs> of a great receiver, but is he beyond his prime? Is there a market for him? Uh, you know, it, what do they do there is interesting to me. Uh, let's. They got They're going to take Burrow, and they're going to keep Green. They're going to keep Dalton, too, then? Uh, I bet you they do. I think they do too. Last year of his deal, it's yeah. an Eli Manning there. kind of thing, right? Sure, mentor a little bit. Have it's have not the him, right move, but they're right. going to do it. <laughs> and, and then he and then Bur- and then Dalton goes when Burrow's yeah. ready to take over middle of the season. More so. intriguing team is the Washington Redskins. They have the second overall pick. They got forty-seven million in cap space. Uh, the right. Trent Williams situation. Josh Norman at quarterback. He's done. Yeah, right? he's done. They're going to get rid of those players. Well, Trent Williams has been trying to get out of town for right. about you know eighteen months. They won't let him leave, but. Here's um, another lock pick. Chase Young is a okay. Maryland kid. Let's talk about this. Chase Young's I, a Maryland kid. How do you not? Aside from he may be the best player. For the player, exact same reason. Fill other holes? You you have to. You have to. If, if, even if you don't think Dwayne Haskins is your quarterback, you're not taking a quarterback here, right? No. You're probably not taking a quarterback here, but you are in. You're, you're in Tua land. You're in the spot where the team has to go up and get Tua because guess what? The Lions at three are probably considering it. And de- definitely going down from there, the Giants aren't. But then you've got the Dolphins, you've got the Chargers, you've got significant quarterback teams right there, wet, ready to pounce. Yeah, but you have a chance to take what may be the what? best player in this draft but at what? an important but position. But what does that even and a, mean? And a defensive head coach too. But what does that even mean if your offense can't move the ball? Doesn't matter. Got to defend. Khalil Mack didn't mean a damn thing to the Bears this year. Nothing. He didn't mean a thing. Nothing. 
Yeah, but he did when they were a did, playoff did team last year. What does that mean? Well, if the it, offense can't I'm move, saying, I think Mack you're discounting it too much. They have no wide receivers. They have two tight ends who need to retire. Literally, Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed. They need to retire. Paul Paul Richardson might not be back. He's and he's the, arguably the best, most experienced wide receiver. The McLaurin kid's decent. He's he's make, he's coming up. They have an offensive line that is going to be. They're going to lose Trent Williams. They're probably going to lose Brandon Scherf. That's their entire left side of the offensive line. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins is a maybe. He's probably a not. He's probably a no for a lot of people right now. That means you're probably bringing in Derek Carr or somebody either this year or the year after that. Your offense is a complete mess. It's a complete mess. Chase Young isn't going to fix anything on that team right now. But if you can, um, if you can get a surefire, if you look at this guy, this guy surefire stud, um, and Ron Rivera should know how to be uh, to identify one uh, in Chase Young. If he's the guy, they're going to take him. They're gonna take him. I mean, if if you got a shirt, this guy's Def- a can't defense miss. Defense and running only matters in the playoffs. I and this team can't get to the playoffs. I understand this your passion for it. This team can't get to the playoffs. I understand your passion for it. So it stinks. I I would love to see them pull a, a a Cleveland Browns move where Philadelphia gave up the world to go up and get Carson Wentz at number two. That's exactly the spot they're in right now. If you there's want, a team, you want that me to say how well that two, worked out for the Browns? Phenomenal. <laughs> how they got five picks out of yeah, it? Yeah, but what did they turn them into? Almost nothing. Come on. Come on. Almost. But, I mean, I get it, Mike. I, Carson you can, Wentz isn't going to make You can look at the better. math and all this, but ultimately you got to draft the right players. And the Browns passed on a great quarterback and drafted a bunch of stiffs, and they continue to be a laughing stock of the NFL. Okay. So I get your, I get how you think, and I don't dispute how you think of the math of all this, but somewhere along the line you can't keep passing on great players. Okay. So Chase Young's generational. I, I'll agree with you on that. He's Khalil Mack version two, probably, right? It seems that way. Right? Yeah. Seems Not fair way. to how him, far, but yes. Course. How far off is Jadavian Clowney? Is he far off? Far, far from that. Really? Yeah, because Jadavian Clowney's not a great pass rusher. Never really was a great pass rusher. What about rusher. Chris Jones? He's a defensive tackle. It's, it's uh, he, different. He rushes the passer, though. Yeah, but it's but it's a different position. You know, Ed, you he, wanna, moves, he moves you inside out. He's more of a Fletcher Mac, Cox. Mack is probably the, the comparison. Paul, we, we my do- point is you can get those guys in free agency this year well, and trade and trade down. <laughs> quarterback and edge, right? Two most important positions in I, football. Uh, Did you pay those players? Of I course. mean, track the money. All right, so you've got a chance to. I know I can get um, who, who appears to be. A guy who's going to be one of the best edge guys in in Chase Young. It's definitely an important spot. I it's he, if he's less of a question mark than hey is this guy going to be a great quarterback? Then I'm going to go with the sure All thing. Right. I'll come around on this. That is the safe move. You're right. That's the safe move. But I think the Redskins are in a spot where they don't need to be safe. They need to be reckless. Yeah, I, they need to, they need to, to do safe a lot. Isn't here. the worst thing in the world, either, particularly for a franchise that can't then they get should out of take an offensive way. tackle. Well, <laughs> that's the right move. Speaking that's the of right franchises move. that can't always get out of their own way, then you number three, you got the Lions. Boy, this team. I, I don't even know where you guys stand with this team, but they're never a factor to me. No, that's where they they not. just can't get over that hump. And I don't know if that's Stafford or personnel or coach whatever it is I they're mean, as bad as their gray every jerseys every year um yeah those are awful <laughs> come on those are we're I'm, not getting into a jersey conversation all right, right now <laughs> how many times do you go to your closet uh except for today you're wearing a gray sweater but it's a I, i'm gonna wear i'm gonna grab a, a shirt that's the color of the lion's color scheme oh my God. you don't it's kind of, you know it's kind of uh man eh, blue uh, <laughs> honolulu blue man come on just all right that aside <laughs> Uh, I love Billy Sims. This by the way, is a team up. that could use Chase Young. 
like right now could use Chase Young. Yes. And if that happens, that's good for them. Uh, Why you, have they guys, been so bad for so long? That's a good uh, question. They, they've had so much talent. They've well, been so bad for Inevitably, the, yeah. the answer to that question goes back to ownership. I mean, that's, that's, the, a big part that's of the it. consistency in it, and that you've got old school we're owners. Kind of the Mets, right? You know, yeah. We're kind of the Mets. But, but yeah. the Mets, they're the, relevant, and then they're not. Yeah. I'm just, Wayne Fonts looks like a genius. Yes, he does. Yeah, if you go oh, back and no lie floor, right? no and, and people will tell you that Wayne Fonts wasted one of the greatest talents in NFL history and never got the most out of Billy Sa- about out of Barry Sanders. Right. All right, so I'll say this then. Let's say it goes Burrow, Chase Young, one, two, and the Lions are sitting here at three. Last year we saw the Jets move up from six to three to get uh, excuse me, two years ago for Darnold, right? Yes. That cost them three seconds to, to move from six to three. That would be the Chargers moving in here to get Tua. That's going to happen, right? Yeah, I that, can see that's it. That's going to happen, Lions, right? yeah, you, you need... Except you, the Dolphins have three first at number five. So that the Lions are, are probably the, the happiest team in the world right now. They're, they're, they're definitely a trade. They're, they're going to get a bunch of first-round picks probably to get for, from five to six down, down to three. They're, they're in the prime trade spot, assuming you guys are right and Chase Young goes number two. So... To me, that's what's going to happen. So if you're doing your mock drafts, let's just consider the Lions are not going to be at number three. Yeah. The, the, it just makes sense. They would be wise not to yeah, stay get out of there. in the third position. Yeah, get out of there. And to move down, that means they're keeping Stafford at quarterback. Well, they're keeping them. They restructured them at the end of the year. Uh, so they're keeping them for sure this year because it's you know almost $40 million of dead cap yeah. not to. And it's a, it's, a, it's a singular dead cap year, which means they take that all on right now. They've got a great receiver. They do. Yeah, Gall- I think great. they signed Galladay. I think yes. you keep him long term. Uh, Mar- one more year of Marvin Jones, who's been just ridiculously productive as he as he's grown older but, here. But everybody around Stafford is productive yeah. until it gets to whether you made the playoffs or not. Right. Yeah. And how many games did you win? You know, productive can be defined in a lot of ways. Well, There's been Lions receivers over the last 10 years that were always ridiculously productive. Yeah, I think it's a red zone thing. Their team win Don't games. you? They, they, they've, I think it's a red zone red zone thing. They've, they've missed on two Can't tight say, ends. Yeah. And maybe this... Well, it's too early to say they missed on Hokinson. I, that's what I, I was, too early. I was about to say. Maybe he's the, you know, the answer for this coming into 2020 we'll see i mean just that bizarre statistic about how long they went without a hundred yard rush rusher right you know is just crazy you know i mean that and that wasn't because the league has shifted to more passing that's just because they never had good lines or running backs no there's no question they were trying to be the chiefs and they couldn't be right that's that's the offense they were trying to run is that air attack offense and they need some running relief so how how bad do you think the giants want chase young and and would love to figure out a way to get him yeah, I got a I got a lot of no, a lot of notes here about the Giants, and none of them really relate to their pick. Um, <laughs> I I couldn't even get myself to think about them drafting another right. player right now because they have screwed so many things up. They just have. The, am, am I on an island here? I hate the Giants right now. I hate them. It, it, they're the second worst team over the last what five years in, but, in the NFL. I mean, they've done a but, but lot they of bad. Suck at being they, bad they, they too. Went, they went crazy and signed all those free agents when yes. they signed Olivier Vernon and all those guys. That was a, a mistake. Then they kind of went back the other way. Well, and they started to cut mi- people, but didn't cut everybody. Right, and and, they, the, and the whole Eli thing, the way that was handled, was it set that franchise back three years. Well, I, my first note here is. Eli has this terrible 2017. Terrible. And you know it's done. You know he's and done. And the world right. knew he was done. He knew it. Everybody knew it. And they go and draft Barkley number two. Yeah. And fine. He's gen- he's, he's the Chase Young conversation. He's generational. Yes, Except for that position isn't a prime position. It's just not. Well, You can well, get that position anywhere else where you can't get a Chase Young anywhere else. Does I, I Derek, get it. Barkley's Derek Henry, does Derrick Henry make you think differently? Where was Derrick Henry that? drafted? 
No, I'm just talking about not number two. What it recently? <laughs> I know. I don't that, think it I'm does, saying. Kevin. I really don't. Okay. I don't think that Derrick Henry. He was. He's a, a once kind of a special player and yeah. a commitment to to use him. But but we'll see what they do with him because he's a free you, agent. You don't think Saquon Barkley's a special player? No question, he is. He is, and he I'm is, not. Yeah, but him. he is. But to Mike's point, it, it, it's at a Derrick Henry was a special player because he was 240 pounds, and, also, but also, and they were giving him the ball 30 times a game. That's not Barkley. How long did it take Derrick Henry to become a special player? A while. A while. At least three years. Okay. Yeah, at least three years. And um, a commitment from oh, the Barkley's coaching gonna staff. Oh, Barkley's going to be fine. Barkley's going to be fine. Right. But my, my, and you can't argue this point, Kevin. I'm not going to argue they any were point. Not Eli in, was done. I agree with you. They, they just weren't in a position to, to draft a, a, a running back anywhere. Right. Let alone number two it, overall. It, it was not the most prudent situation. I mean, you take yeah, Sam Darnold and you, and you move on with your sure. life. Sure. That, 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 that's what the Giants do there. And then they didn't tank because they kept Eli. Because they had a running back who they thought was going to, you know, change their offense, they decided to hold tight with everybody else, and they kept half a defense. Well, of course, that didn't work. Then they traded Beckham Jr. for, a, you know, a, a nice pullback. Fine, that was probably the right move at the time, even though they just paid him twenty-two million dollars on a signing bonus. You can argue that was a mistake. Um, but I, where are we now? <laughs> They've got three, four, five wins the last three years. You know. Maybe ten combined over the past three years. I don't know the exact. They're one number. of the worst teams in the NFL. And do we even history. love them now? No. We still we we Daniel Jones might be okay. He might He's be gonna okay. Be all right. He's gonna I be like okay. the young receivers. I like the tight end. So there's hope for them offensively. Their defense is a, is a disaster, and they're not getting Chase Young, right? They're not. So they're getting the next best thing. Or maybe a cornerback. I, I don't know. I mean, How much cap space do they have? Because you mentioned fine. you mentioned edge guys to Davian Clowney. You mentioned Jones. Yeah. On the interior. I mean, can't they spend some of that money there? Well, you, the guy's got to want to go there. Is it, a big part of it. It's New York. They're not contenders, though. Yeah, but they're bad. They're not contenders. I don't. I, well, and I'm money. guessing. Those, How many times have we seen great players no, go to bad it, it, teams it, it, because of money? Yeah, but those two players are leaving they, they Seattle and Kansas money. City. That's right. not going to happen. It's right. just not going to happen. You're going to take less to stay in that regard. It just means too much. They've got no third round pick. They've got about sixty million to work with, so they can do some damage. And I, I do like the Dexter Lawrence kid they, they drafted last year out of Clemson. He's going to be a player, but that's just one player. To me, the entire uh, secondary is in disarray. Uh, which that ain't good in, and, in a passing And you're league. throwing an <laughs> untested first-year yeah. head coach into the mix as well, too, yeah. which hasn't always worked so well in New York either. You know, again, there's a there are there are parts of being the head coach of the Giants or being involved with the Giants that that are different than being in another Tampa Bay or well, you know other places. I guess in conclusion, it, it makes for an interesting um, uh, top part of the NFL draft yeah. coming up. Oh, yeah. That's why I picked these teams. I think the first five picks are super interesting. Um, like I said, Miami's five and the Chargers are six. Those are two teams you know, with eyes to move up, no question, especially now with the news that the so Chargers are pretty much done with yes. Rivers. Um, except for I saw a counterpoint that they might franchise tag him. So yeah. we don't. We know nothing. He moved to Florida. <laughs> he allegedly yeah. apparently moved his family. He did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Saint- Bay seems to be the, in the current NFL <sighs> rumor. as to Should we finish on that? Go. Yeah, sure. They're, they got to keep Winston, right? No. Throws as many touchdown passes as picks. Or as many picks as TD care? passes. Um, I, boy, do, do I care? No, I, he's exciting to watch. Yeah. Normally, picks don't bother me as much because sometimes picks show an aggressiveness that I want in my yeah. quarterback. And, and, and now no one throws picks. Pick percentages as low as it's ever been. Yeah. Um, but Jameis throws too many. 
J- Jameis's picks are picks that guys threw in the 90s. Just careless. Went careless yeah. picks, yeah. right, that you don't see anymore. So y- I think you have to look at Jameis Winston and clearly say we need to be better. Philip Rivers, 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions well, in 2019. Yeah, he's the, he's, the, he's the grandfather. So what are we talking about He's here? the father and Jameis are the son of interceptions in the yeah. NFL right now. Um you know, you you know, it, it, can Bruce Arians will Bruce Arians convince people there that he could suck another year or two out of Philip Rivers, and that's possible. He's got good receivers, got good tight ends. Um, you know, I mean, I think you're, you're going to get you may while your pick numbers may be similar, you're going to get a much different approach to quarterbacking with Philip Rivers than you are with Jameis Winston. And to me, there's some value. Yeah, you're going to get bigger trash talker though, too. Absolutely, because Phil Rivers is like one <laughs> of the, the all-time best. greats. I can't wait right? to hear him yeah. on TV. So yeah, so <laughs> he's going to curse so at where, least once. So you're convinced the Chargers, if that's true, they're going draft for quarterback or uh, or Brady or, or Brady or Brady or Bridgewater. Wow. It's, or, it's completely or conceivable now. Some of those guys. No, I, look at. I'm going to finish on this too. It's happening, guys. Bridgewater is going to be a Patriot. It's happening. Why? Okay. Why Everything around the Saints are saying we're giving we're giving Taysom Hill a first round tender. We're going to resign. But Breeze I thought for I heard years. this week Breeze say he's, he's coming back, considering retiring. Even better, he won't go anywhere else. It's so. going to be Taysom. And with that, stay tuned to our next episode <laughs> of the Spot Track Podcast. Be sure to check out the premium section of SpotTrack.com, ad-free experience. Uh, also get some uh, bonus uh, coverage there. And be sure to uh, check out the Athletic.com and that special offer, theathletic.com slash track 40 off to get 40% off your annual subscription. For the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti and Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you after it, our next episode of the Spot Track Podcast. R.I.P. Kobe. 